this is Brad. And Pete. And I'm Kiff. We host Pop Culture Yearbook, and we want to unlock your memories. Do you love pop culture? Are you nostalgic like us? Do you want to learn more about your favorite movies, TV shows, and music? Maybe you're just nostalgic to relive a movie or rediscover an album. We love the 80s and 90s, but with Pop Culture Yearbook, we cover more current topics, too. There's something for everyone. Whether you're a diehard pop culture fan or just someone who's curious about the past, Pop Culture Yearbook is the podcast for you. So subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform and join us on a journey through our history of pop culture. Hey, it's David here. And this is Rob. We are the hosts of a brand new podcast called Totally 80s and 90s Recall. If you love all things 80s and 90s from music and movies to television and pop culture, then this is the podcast for you. Join two Gen X dudes every week as we revisit and discuss all of our favorite things from when we grew up in the 80s and 90s for a fun and nostalgic look back at two of the best decades. So come and listen for yourself. We promise you'll have a great time and then go subscribe to Totally 80s and 90s Recall on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Podcasts. Hello, Up All Night listeners. This is Amy Lewis, and I am the host of the Pop Culture Retrospective Podcast. I started my show in the spring of 2020 to deal with the grief that came along with the unexpected and tragic loss of my big sister, Rebecca. I wanted a way to remember her and tell our story of growing up together. So, with each episode, I take a deep dive into the pop culture of our childhood and adolescence from the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. From the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to the 90s tween shows of Nickelodeon to the history of Nintendo to the story of the Sony Walkman, the Pop Culture Retrospective Podcast focuses on the backstory behind the music, movies, TV shows, fashions, electronics, and toys that have made Gen X and elder millennials some of the best generations ever. You can find the Pop Culture Retrospective Podcast on all major podcast platforms and at www.popcultureretrospective.com. Let's broaden our minds. Who has a mixtape? Who needs a mixtape? Who makes a mixtape? Who needs a mixtape? You do, do. Is it weird to anyone else when we start this show and it's just my voice? Because it's a little weird for me. Hey guys, it's Jason Emmett. And as per last episode, here in a few minutes, the guys are going to be joining me. And this week, we are going to be giving our picks for 80s love songs. Well, Kevin and I are. I'm really not sure what Matt did. You guys can judge him all on your own. He gets to hear this part, and he's going to be like, you dick. But that's okay. No, we give our picks for 80s love songs, and we put it out there for you guys, and uh, it went well. Uh, You guys gave us lots of stuff. We're going to talk about that. So much so that we're going to be doing an episode that is all your picks, because you guys brought it this week. Hey, uh, a couple of things before we get 
started. Uh, over on the website, www.themixtapeshow.com. On the main page, right down at the bottom, you'll see a link for Buy Me a Coffee. You can go there and you can donate to the show, and we will use that to have a gigantic party. We'll blow it all on shoes. Actually, we are planning some really cool stuff in the future, and uh, funding always helps. Not to mention there are costs with the show. So, uh, With that being said, uh, please subscribe to the show and share with your friends or whatever. But more importantly than that, if you don't mind going to wherever you listen and dropping a real quick review, like hitting five stars or whatever, that's massively helpful. And I know we keep telling you that, but it's because it's true. And you guys are amazing and keep like doing really cool stuff. So we thought we'd ask you to do this because that would be really cool and helpful too. Hey, real, real quick, I want to give some shout-outs to a couple of shows that have been awesome to us lately. Uh, of course, Behind the Funny. We love those guys. If you haven't checked it out, you should go check out Behind the Funny. They did the Woodstock 99 episode with us. You should go back and listen to that if you haven't listened. And it was a lot of fun, and they are hilarious. So please go check them out. Not a bomb. Those guys have been uh, screaming our praises for a long time, so we want to scream their praises too. Go check out Not A Bomb. They are great. They are hilarious. They talk movies that suck. Or do they? That's what they determine on their show. Totally 80s and 90s recall. These guys are awesome. Uh, we've been talking to them a lot lately, and we hope to have them on the show here at some point. Please go check them out as well. Pop Culture Yearbook, you guys are a ton of fun, and I'm hoping everybody's coming and checking them out. Hey, Steve, over there on Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast, Steve's probably going to make an appearance on this show with us sometime here soon as well, so please go give some love to him. And just a bunch of other Scream Queens with a Z, you know we love you, Patrick, and we hope you're listening. Patrick has been on the show, and we hope to have him again in the future and uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting a bunch of people, and for that I apologize. It's not that I want to, it's that I'm old and forget things a lot. Okay, so I know nobody comes here to hear me ramble. You come here to hear us talk about music, and I'm going to do that. But first I want to put a question out there. Uh, just It's just random. It doesn't really mean anything. I'm just curious if uh, all you folks at home would let me know if you think that um, Tropical Punch Kool-Aid is the best Kool-Aid there is. Or maybe Grape. Which one of those is the best Kool-Aid? Uh, let us know on our social medias. I'm going to go ahead and drop those social medias here so you know where you can go and tell us if it's Grape or if it's Tropical Punch. That is the best Kool-Aid ever. Right now, uh, I promise you Twisted Kid Matt is losing his ever-loving mind. That's okay. So go ahead, drop the comments in one of our social medias, and I'm going to go ahead and give you the link so you know how to do it. And we'll be right back after this. If you are a fan of the Mixtape Podcast, then you need to follow us on the social medias. And if you aren't a fan, well, then you should start listening. Become a fan. Then follow us on the social medias. Here is how you would go about that. The easiest way to find us is by heading to themixtapepod.com and scanning the link tree. Or you can follow the direct links to each one. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. We are on all of them. And you really should follow us. Because we interact with our listeners. We ask you guys to send your mixtape suggestions. 
We tease upcoming guests and events, and a bunch more. Also, we have a voicemail line. You can call, sing us a song, leave us a message, tell us your thoughts for the show, whatever you want. That number is 513-437-2377 or 513-HERAD77. There it is. All the social media stuff you should know. And like always, remember to stay awesome. All right, hello everyone, and welcome to this edition where we're going to be talking about '80s love songs. I, of course, am Jason Emmett. I'm Casey Masterpiece, and I'm Twisted Kid Matt. See, the problem is, is I usually have a little bit of an intro written, and I realized I didn't, so I have to wing this shit. <laughs> That's okay. We're going to wing it. We're going to make it happen anyway. So uh, this one's going to be really cool. Got with the guys. We've done a, a 90s, and it, it seems to be a really popular episode. And We've been talking about an 80s one for a long time. And uh, so, of course, we all put together our list. And then we put it out there to you, the tapeworms. And you guys mm-hmm. blew our minds. Uh, there was so a much lot. feedback, yeah. uh, more than I'm used to. And so what we decided to do, and I'll, I'm going to fill you in really quick on that, and then we'll move forward with our list, is we're going to put together a second episode. Actually, we already started putting together a second episode. That is listener suggestions. Uh, because here's what's going to happen, inevitably. We're going to tell you our list, and somebody's going to be like, what about, what about? <laughs> and so yeah. we're giving you a forum. Now, here's the thing. Obviously, I still have to trim it down. I can't have 50 songs. So if some of you out there told me, uh, more than one song, I picked one. And some of you did. We would got three or four. I just went ahead and chose one of your songs, usually the first one you sent. And uh, if obviously if it was one that was on our list, we let, we, we just we had it on our list already. So be looking for that. That one's coming down the pipeline probably as our next episode. Um, so yeah. there you go. But for today, you're going to get our picks. You're going to get what we chose. And we're going to start our list off with the Kev man over there. So this, as is always the case, you're going to see three drastically different choices um, for our mix on the three of us. But so we, so we cover the God. gamut. The, son of a bitch. <laughs> I also want to say, I don't know if you guys saw that Skiz not zinged me for that one on oh. the, the Facebook page, which was pretty freaking hilarious. I was getting a good, good oh. kick out of it. Uh, yeah. But we did, we do, we did, we covered the gamut. I mean, you figure Kevin's choices, he said it right, guys? He said, it right. I, so learned, proud. Man, like "I learned, man, I learned, I learned, Aurora Borealis. <laughs> I learn, oh. I educate myself." <laughs> <laughs> By the way, if you two assholes don't stop sending me videos of that, I'm. A- <laughs> <laughs> I just want to go to Alaska with you yeah. sometime and just yeah, like let you, you see know. it, and you guys will be like. Oh, look at the beauty of it. They'll be like, you mean all the What's swirly lights? What's it called, swirly lights? Yeah, it's the Northern Lights, man. Yeah, the <laughs> the Northern, Northern Lights. lights. Uh, so we're going to start with Kev. And like I said, where you're going to see, and this is great, by the way, because we are going to see three very unique perspectives on 80s love songs. And then we'll, we'll, we can discuss whether Matt understood the assignment or not. Uh, I mean, I think I did. I don't think I did. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I see where you went with it. I can say that. Yeah. I can say that. But uh, what are your picks is uh, interesting. We'll just and you already know which one it is. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're going to start did. with Kevin. We're going to start with Kevin, who most definitely understood the assignment with this first song, because uh, 
Well, dude, not only is this a love song, but it's smooth. Yeah, we're going to start off with Cherish by Cool and the Gang. Nice pick to come out of the gate with. This came out in 1985. Uh, this was the third single from the album Emergency. Uh, it was certified gold by the RIAA and retained the number one spot on the Billboard's adult contemporary chart for six weeks and would be one of the biggest adult contemporary songs of the 80s, period. It would also help ensure that Cool and the Gang became a pseudo-wedding band. This in celebration. Pretty I mean, much. you're not... Yeah. <laughs> you're not yes. getting out of you're, these motherfuckers are going to be played at every wedding <laughs> because of those two no songs. Um, I mean, like any family gathering back in the yeah. 80s that I attended, Cool and the Gang was on the soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. Everyone was wearing Just, white. Yeah, they're all named <laughs> Coleman. Yeah, as we've learned at Kevin events, everybody wears white. And, yeah. Um, yeah. You're not getting out of a wedding without hearing either celebration or. Cherish, like it's. I mean, maybe some of the weddings Matt's been to, but most of the weddings I've been. To. Yeah, I've been to some weird weddings. There's been a clown involved at one of them. Okay, not a joke. Well, so I mean, it was a clown. No, he was the groomsman. I mean, it's a clown, so okay. it kind of is a joke. But I get what and you're actually saying. Actually, in clown makeup by the time. Yeah, so that's wait. Yeah. Kevin said, were the clowns getting married? I want to go to that wedding. That, yeah, I would love to do that. <laughs> like, hey, by wedding. the way, everybody, I'm an ordained minister. If you want to get a, uh, you know, local to Kansas City married and you're a clown. That's cool. I will 100% do a clown wedding. That's, that's but wonderful. But you got to videotape it. So yes. Everybody, but please, the thing is, here we go on our tangents. But the thing is, when they... Uh, when they get to the cake scene, they actually neither of them smear the cake. It's very ironic. Yeah. They're very sweet, yeah, yeah. loving about it. <laughs> yeah. They just gently feed it to so, each other. So Kevin got a seltzer bottle. <laughs> but sweetly. And they all pile into one car to leave. Limousine, there's like a yeah. bunch of other clowns getting out afterwards. <laughs> Dude, I want to go to a clown wedding. Yeah, right? uh, <laughs> please make this happen for us. So Kevin, I have to ask. You, 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 we yeah. started off your list with Cool and the Gang. Uh, cherish uh, what made you add this song to your 80s I mean besides the fact that it is straight up an 80s love song yeah, yeah it's just like Cool and the Gang like back in the 80s were freaking everywhere yeah and uh, yeah it just it, Cherish was like one of those like songs that was just in the atmosphere like not even when the radio was on you just heard this song <laughs> you yeah. dream, was just, well, just you maybe. Brain. I don't. I don't yeah. recall that happening to me. Oh yeah, it was like it was in the ozone. You know, Captain Planet was trying to stop Cooling Gang from infecting the world. That's fantastic. <laughs> Cooling the Gang is a Captain Planet villain. All right, yeah, I'm picturing yeah, all know. kinds of funny scenarios in my head right now, but. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, just an animated Cooling the Gang. Right. Uh, well, Kevin's going to keep it kind of smooth. Kevin, yeah. Kevin, Kevin definitely had a, a little bit of an '80s R and B vibe thing going here, uh, and this next it was one in the atmosphere. Yeah, well, <laughs> does every song inverve the phrase "Hey girl"? Uh, not I don't think Cool and the Gang no. really did that much. Yeah, I don't They're really just cool. They were they they had a lot of funk and stuff behind them, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, this next song I had actually kind of forgotten about in the second you sent it over. I'm like, oh shit, that's great! Like a wonderful song. Um, let's see if uh, Matt knows what band this is. Okay. Sweeping the Everybody 
It sounds so familiar. Yeah, yeah it, it, rightly it should. Um, this is Can You Stand the Rain by New Edition. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So this is off the album Heartbreak. Um, this ballad dropped back in 1988. Uh, we One of the reasons it probably sounds so familiar is because you know that lead vocalist. That's Ricky Bell. Yeah. Uh, you, and you also have a... You, Bell Biv DeVoe fame. Yeah. Uh, yeah. By the way, this song does have some of that sweet, deep, bassy goodness in it. Yeah. That is Thank spoke you. by Michael Bivens. So you probably do recognize some of the voices yeah, in this. Yeah. Uh Managed to hit number 44 on the top 100, and it topped the R&B single charts as well. Uh, it's so weird to me, because when we talk New Edition, like you realize all the pieces of New Edition broke off, and I might argue we're almost bigger, bigger than New Edition. Than New Edition. Uh, yeah. yeah. But we still... I actually learned about New Edition after the fact. Like, well, like, Bobby Brown? This is 19... Okay, so this is 1988. Brown? Bobby Brown is, I don't think, with New Edition at this point, right? Okay. And right. his album is about to drop. So my prerogative is about to become this like explode. Yeah, yeah. all over the place. Cause mm-hmm. I remember in 1989, my prerogative being this like song that was like all summer long. Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know exactly when he left new edition, but I'm thinking that he probably, was he there for this? Do you know, Kevin, for, for uh, I... the album heartbreak or was he already gone? I think he may have been gone. I think he might have been. So if somebody out there knows, you feel free to correct us. But yeah, yeah. Uh, someone will. They mm-hmm. always do. New Edition was a great band, though. Like they really were, was. they were great. I think there was just uh, everywhere that Bobby Brown seems to go. There seems well, to I, be some hard times. If you uh, <laughs> catch my drift, just, yeah. so. Uh, it, yeah, <laughs> finding a hard time to talk about it. He's like, yeah. uh, See, brought up Bobby Brown, uh, unlike Millie Bobby yeah. Brown, who, uh, when you talk about her, uh, everything's fine. She was here in Cincinnati You're last sure about night. That? I've, I've been hearing no, some things. I, I was just cracking so a joke. High, I, so high, but I can never tell. She was she was here in Cincinnati last night. So yeah, for the Taylor, hey, the T Swift. T-Swizzle. Yeah, Swift-toberfest. Yeah. Swift-toberfest. He's not, he ain't Dude. lying, man. Is it that was, literally what it was called? No, it Dude, was just wow. pure insanity here for two days. It was like uh, people yeah. everywhere. Uh, man, I was say had, uh, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, Prince. We've had uh, Elvis, Jimi Hendrix. We had all of them coming to Cincinnati. Never caused never. the commotion He's that not wrong. Taylor Swift has brought up oh i've God. never seen parking spots go for a hundred bucks before in oh yeah, dude. yeah matt it was insane for two no. nights and here's the best part not again we are tangenting a lot this episode but here's the best part we had on the same night cincinnati reds played mm-hmm. the uh fc played this weekend and taylor yep. swift like you didn't want to be anywhere near the city like oh you didn't wanna, there was a two mile awful. two mile line on thursday night when the concert wasn't even taking place for, for merch. merchandise outside. For merch. Yeah, two ugh. miles. Just so when she comes to town to Kansas City, yeah. that's yeah. what you're going to look forward to. You know, so, hey, yeah, what I started saying was they actually had to make a thing. Like, she's playing at uh, the same stadium that the Kansas City Chiefs go to. Play. Yeah, that's, yeah she, that's what uh, she did here. It was yeah, Paul Brown. Yeah, she played Bengals. at uh, Paycor. They had to play. make a rule that if you do not have a ticket, you cannot park outside of, that's of probably the stadium smart. and listen. Uh-huh. Yeah, it is... Dude, yeah. prepared to see an army of white Hey, girls. you know what? Good for her. Like seriously, I, I'm. Yeah. She take on uh, apparently. I'm not a. Uh, 
I'm not a fan, but apparently she puts on a great show, and you it's know, yeah, her. yeah, yeah. I was like for her. swimming involved. I this? went uh, while she was performing there. I went and saw uh, Metric and Garbage and uh, a little bit of Noel Gallagher, and so uh, I didn't deal. It was great. Uh, there was a crowd, but it was nothing. I, I uh, Shirley Manson at one point said, "Like I'm so." Oh, it's so wonderful to have all you guys here tonight. We freaked out a little bit because Taylor Swift's playing, and we thought we wouldn't have anybody, but you guys came out to support it. It was great. <laughs> it was pretty wonderful. So took my daughter. It was a good time. So uh, so why can you stand the rain? Uh, that sounded like I was asking you a question, but I, I was. I just wasn't why asking can you. can I stand the rain? I mean, <laughs> rain, you know. Why did you choose to put that song on your list? <laughs> it, it was just like always... I, you know, it's more of a no. It wasn't always on your mind. Me. That was last week's episode. Yeah, <laughs> country, but <laughs> that was so dismissive. <laughs> country, country. <laughs> <laughs> but it just like for this song, it's more. I always thought the song was more relaxing than romantic. So I mean, yeah, it's. I don't know, man. I mean, I get what you're saying, but the mm-hmm. the lyrics in this song are actually pretty. I mean, the line "Can you stand the rain?" Yeah. is basically like, "Hey, look." I don't. I I can be with somebody who's here through all the good times, the sunshine, the happiness. My question for you is: Can you stand the rain? Can you be here when shit turns bad? Right. Can you still be? It's it's it is a lyrical masterpiece. It's very poetical. So yeah. I really appreciate poetically that about this song. It is a it's a great that song. That's what was that, that? That's what I appreciated about it, Matt. Um, <laughs> it's a great song. It's a wonderful song, uh, and then. You flipped a switch on me, Kev. Yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> and uh, there was a bit I of a put discussion. I computer robot voice and it's <laughs> a little something like this. There was a bit of a discussion in my household about this, but here you go. So... You send me your list, and I see I Want to Be Your Man by Roger. Uh, and I'm like, what? I don't know this song. And then I heard it, and I'm like, oh, I do know this song. Yeah. I didn't realize I knew it. Um, this is uh, I Want to Be Your Man, 1987. Roger, also Roger Troutman, also known as uh, part of Zapp and Rogers, Zap, yeah. who sang another song that I brought up to you, and you're like, oh, I should have picked that, which is yeah, Computer, computer Love. love. I, yeah, <laughs> That's what I thought yeah. was going to play. When it's, you said I, Computer Voice, I'm like, yeah, it's got to be Computer Love. <laughs> uh, you know, not, not that's, that's an honorary mention right there, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah, when you mentioned that, I was like, what, shit, I forgot about, how could I forget about Computer Especially Love? Especially when everywhere. thinking of this song, because, yeah. you know. I mean, um, Roger was pretty much like, the Black Peter Frampton. <laughs> I like <Yeah>. it. <laughs> That's pretty good. R.I.P. Uh, wait, to Peter Frampton or Roger? Roger. I was going to okay. say Peter Frampton. I was like, wait a minute. Dead. Hang on. This is new to me. Late breaking news. New. Peter Frampton's like, it's news to me, too. He's like, I'm dead. Damn. All right. Uh, we did lose Alan Arkin this week. That's that's. A, oh, yeah, sucks. That was, I mean, he was 89, Sunshine's but a great yeah, film. He's, he was a wonderful actor. I guess a lot of uh, famous uh, comedic comedic actors have been coming out of the woodworks to speak up about how much you know how awesome he was and how much he affected him. So that's a bummer. But um, this song, however, <laughs> uh, this is off Troutman's album Unlimited. Uh, it hit uh, Billboard Hot R&B Singles Chart and landed at number three on the Hot 100. 
He so he they asked him about it. He said he wanted to write a song all about commitment and took inspiration from the song Computer Love, which was what he did with Zapp and Rogers a year prior. <laughs> Uh, so he used a vocoder on his voice. Obviously, that's not his normal voice. Uh, Wait, really? What? Which he has done Shocking. before. I know. But here's the thing on this song. I just thought he had like a weird trick surgery. But yeah. Sure. Well, <laughs> 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 I want to be I like my man. grandpa. Um, like Matt, every time somebody brings something up on this show, you know someone. Not, not know. They're in your yeah. family. It's like. Yeah, no, he had like yeah. the hole in his throat and, you know, just. It's like. To, it's like. My buddy, uh, and this musician. I never heard my grandfather's real voice for the record. He's always through a talk box. This musician had their eye taken out with a a firework. Yeah, that happened to my aunt. (laughs) Surprisingly, (laughs) I don't have anybody who's lost an eye that I'm aware of. So I'm sure my mom will go, oh, no, you're He calls me tomorrow. Like, actually. You know, Um, you should 3D print body parts. You can't. Dude, I've actually looked at uh, prosthetic legs for my dad. You brought this tangent on yourself, Kevin. Look what you just did. (laughs) (laughs) All you. Well, I was telling you guys he used a vocoder, right? Which he's done on multiple songs. But this one was a little different. So he did it along with his natural voice, which I guess for him ended up being a royal pain in the ass. Because you got to figure this is 1987. This isn't... Mm you know, 2000 or whatever. So things were a little bit different back then. He, he said he had never tried anything quite like this before. And what he ended up having to do because he only had so many tracks and so many things available, he had to keep adding layer, uh, like multiple layered tracks on top of one another to achieve the correct harmonies. And I guess he ended up tossing out multiple tries before he finally got to where he wanted it to be. Because he was he was experimenting, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And what what we've learned through in life is this is how things change. This is how yeah. probably part of the industry move forward, seeing that oh, and he might have had some effect on that. Hey, we need a need for this because yeah. next time I don't want to deal with all this shit again. Mm-hmm. And so there you go. Uh, hey, well, I mean, like back then, it was probably like physical tape that they had to cut and literally throw away. Uh, oh yeah, it's 1987. Yeah. I guarantee. Yeah. yeah, there was no. There was no uh, digital stuff at that point, yeah. so yeah, it was probably a ro- and not he as was, much computer. He was, he was no, probably not. And he was multi-tracking. No computer was, hate, and yeah. they weren't. You got to remember too. We're going to geek a little bit here, but you can't. They didn't have bedded tracks like they knew now. So if you had eight tracks or sixteen tracks, that's what you had. Yeah, and anything he wanted to do, like Matt said, he's going to have to layer that on tape, then put that back through and add layers to that. And if the harmonies yeah. aren't matching up, it ain't going to work. So, Ugh. Kev. Why yes. this song? Uh, why did you go uh, here? <laughs> uh, well, you know, for one, I'm kind of angry with myself that I didn't pick Computer Love. That was pretty much <laughs> obvious. But, you know, I want to be your man. That, you know, oh. just a smooth album. Uh, I love just you too. A smooth song. And, you know, oh. just, you know. I felt that in my core too. Uh, <laughs> you know you did, that, Jay. It, yeah. You just told us you wanted cool. to be our man. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't have one currently, so I guess. Position it's most affection. I know Kevin there's another Kevin us. in your life right now. There is another but, Kevin in my life, but yeah. he's not my man. He's my stepson. <laughs> you can be my man. <laughs> he's called White Kevin. Called Black Kevin. You know, I get it. We don't. We don't go around the house calling him that on Chocolate <laughs> Kevin and Almond Bark Kevin. <laughs> we don't. We don't tend to call him that around the house too much. But if you'd like, we can start it. It'd be weird in public. Yeah. All right. Hey, White Kevin, Kevin, get over here. here. Hey, Black yeah. Kevin, get over here. White Kevin, clean up your room. Black Kevin, clean up your room. It'd be even better though that if if 
instead. It's a little weird, like telling Black Kevin to do anything. Though it'd be it'd be it'd be funnier though, is if instead you guys swapped those names. So when I said like (laughs) White Kevin, come over here and. Uh, what is It'd that? Be uh, ultra funny when I like dress all in white, properly <laughs> white Kevin. You you, you what, slide that, up. I want to be gang your lyric? man. I'm not black like Frank White, but I'm white like Frank Black is. I don't. Yeah. Um, I guess that's yeah. the lyric. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> something, something like that. Yeah. yeah. You asked and you answered, so that's pretty those cool. <laughs> uh, we're gonna go into Matt's list. <laughs> Amazingly enough. All right. Now, now I want to say this. Mm-hmm. Your first song is it it hits the mark for me, man. I mean this this is eighties love song at its cheesiest and I love every second of it. Uh it's after that that you get a lot more poppy than I would have figured. Uh but again, I see where you were going and it's all yeah. good. Okay, I but can't wait for this. We're gonna discuss it like we do. This first one though, oh yeah, man. Like like I said, this hits all the buttons. Not singing along and thinking about Ralph Macchio. <laughs> if you're not thinking about Ralph Macchio right now, you've got problems. Doing that little drum dance punch thing up on a cliff oh, yeah. top. Yeah. Yep. I'm pretty sure there were some uh, there waves was, crashing. I say like that, but I'm pretty sure a pillar. part of this video was Peter Cetera standing at the top of a wave or uh, a cliff with waves crashing below. Mm. I'm pretty sure that's true. This is Glory of Love. This is Peter Cetera, 1986. Uh, yes, as Matt said, this one was from Karate Kid Part 2, which most of us uh, of a certain age remember and know. Like a night in shining armor from a long, from a long time, ago. time ago. So good. <laughs> you ever heard my uh, theory on Peter Cetera? So, no. like, if you want to do... Son of Et. If you want to do the Peter Cetera voice, you, you can start with the Aaron Neville voice. <laughs> I don't know much, but I know why. Then you just have to kind of... Speed it up and make it a little higher. And then you got your Peter Starrett. I am a man who will fight for your honor. <laughs> I've, I got, I've seen Peter Cetera. I got to see him live. I love Peter Pretty Cetera. Pretty accurate, actually. Yeah, that, uh, the Taste of Blue Ash? Yeah, yeah. Taste that? of Blue Ash, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this song was written and composed by Peter Cetera and his then-wife, Diane Nini, and also David Foster. It was recorded shortly after he left the band Chicago, and it was his first solo hit, reaching number one on the Billboard Hot 100. It was included on his album, Solitude, Solitaire. It's funny because this was his first solo hit, but like radio stations were getting it wrong like crazy and attributing this song to Chicago when really it was Peter Like, no, 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 guys. No. That's my song. Here's the weird thing about this single. The song itself, never certified gold or platinum by the RIAA, but the album was certified both. I'm guessing that people weren't buying the single. They were just buying the entire album, which... I guess cool. speaks a lot for him. Yeah, I am. so. Uh, but the song earned a nomination for an Academy Award for Best Original Song and Golden Globe Best Original Song. It's just weird that it doesn't get certified yeah. gold or platinum. Uh, it was also no- nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Pop Vocal Performance by a Male Artist. Um, and of the song, Peter Cetera said he originally wrote this. You're going to love this shit. This song was originally written for the end for the film... Rocky Four, but United Artists passed on it. <laughs> Wait a minute. 
Is this just in the long list of Rocky Four songs we've talked about? So, or Rocky songs, but it's just weird that it was. Apparently, they just kept passing on songs, and, and like, could you imagine the end of Rocky Four? Like, I am a man who will fight. It fits Karate Kid so much better. It would have been weird to see Sylvester yeah. Stallone like <laughs> punch yeah. somebody Running up a flight of stairs. Fly, you know, <laughs> this song. Uh, Matt, yeah, you picked it. Why? Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, it just it straight up popped into my head. I mean, like, it's, that that is the song that I think of when I think of just eighties love songs. I mean, for it's that reason, dude. That's Which, I mean, totally it fair. Was the first, <laughs> it was the first. Like whenever I wrote it down, it wasn't like okay, which I put this at like one or three or anything. It was number one immediately for me. So. Yeah, I mean, that's really all the argument you needed. Uh, you're right. I mean, like it's like you think eighties love song, you think glory yeah. of love. You're 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 good and <laughs> most of most of my my reference for things growing up was 80s movies that i watched you know no. like when I, think of speci- <laughs> I know right when i think of specific movies the the soundtrack i mean it's, it's just not something we really get anymore you know i said that and i'm laughing ironically because you and i both know what your next damn song is <laughs> Do we? I can't remember it's exactly what it is. But... Soundtrack. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. That's why I was uh, like, no, really? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I get it, though. I hear you. Well, yeah. and I think that we've talked about that on the show before. I think it's because 80s songs and their, or I'm sorry, 80s movies and their sound, song choices and soundtracks influenced yeah. the shit out of everything we did. And yeah. that stuff started, so, stopped somewhere in the late 90s. It's not that. Yeah. It's not that there aren't songs for soundtracks that are good, but it's not like it used to be. Yeah, it's not the you know kind of a selling point of the movie itself. It's, you don't hear it in the trailer. It's just that what, what you just said. The trailer is not even in the movie. That is the perfect right. way to sum Sometimes it up. The You're scene right. That they show the song that's in the trailer isn't in the movie either. It's just yeah. What you just said sums you it up perfectly. It is bring not, back the soundtrack. It is not a selling point. We used to we used to go see the movie and buy the damn like we wanted that soundtrack too. Like okay, so I'll I'll, I'll slight tangent here. Right, uh, it's not an eighties movie, but. You can watch The Crow on its own, and you can listen to the soundtrack to The Crow on its own. Yes. And they are both equally awesome. Well, I said that stuff stopped in the late 90s. It was yeah. still going on when The Crow, yeah, we, which is why we've done soundtrack episodes, and we've yeah. talked about The Crow soundtrack and how wonderful yeah, go it is. Go back and listen to that. It's, it's really good. Yeah. So, funny enough, <laughs> Matt says that because this is his next pick. I may not have even realized it was on a movie. Yes, so. you did. <laughs> even more so than Glory of Love. All right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. See? Kevin's already questioning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's going to get better. <laughs> it's the power of love. It's the power of love. It's not love power of love and the glory of love. Well, yeah. this song, actually, here's the thing I will say about this. There is a uh, a slowed down female version of the song out yeah. there. Okay, and when you yeah. hear it, Kev, you're like, okay, it's totally romantic. Like the lyrics are, yeah, they work. It's just very poppy. But I guess it is technically mm-hmm. a love song. I don't really think of it as such. But I do not know. Well, then just wait till we get to his last one. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Um, so this is Power of Love, Huey Lewis, 1985, Huey Lewis in the News, to be more precise. And it says in my notes, continuing on Matt's movie themes, (laughs) the song 
became the band's first number one hit in the U- uh, on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 and their second number one hit on the U.S. mainstream rock charts. We all know that love this song, know and love the song because it's one of the greatest film franchises of all time. Yes. See what I did Correct. There? Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. So here's the cool story about this. Huey is approached by Bob Zemeckis, right? And Bob mm-hmm. Gale and Steven Spielberg. And they all tell him they want a song for this movie. And Huey is like, nah, I can't do it. Uh, I don't know how to write a movie theme song. And I don't, apparently you do. I don't think. Well, he doesn't. So, well, he does, but not at this <laughs> point. He he also tells him, I don't think I can write a song called Back to the Future. I just don't think I can yeah. do it. So Bob Zemeckis is all like, hey, Huey, you can write whatever the hell you want. It's all good. Just write me a song. So he, so he does. He's already working on this song called Power of Love. So he writes it. Um, has nothing to do with the film in any way. There's no reference anywhere in this song to time travel or anything to do with the movie. But he gives it to him, and they absolutely love it. So before we get to the fact that he then did write a song a little more apt, which was Back in Time, which he wrote for the series, the whole yeah. reason they told him we don't care is because they're, they're, the original like thought process for the movie was that Huey Lewis in the News was supposed to be Marty McFly's favorite band, and there was going to be some kind of reference to it. I don't know why they left that out or what happened, or if it was just a thing that got, you know, for time's sake. Yeah. So their point was, we don't, and as you guys know, Huey Lewis is in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, their point was, we don't need, we just want a Huey Lewis song for the movie. We don't need it to be a... Back to the Future, yeah. you know, which it doesn't have to. You don't have to put the title of the movie in the song. Yeah. It's just make just make us something cool. And then, like I said, at, at some point, he's like, "Well, let me. I want to now that I know I've got a song for the movie. Yeah, let me try to write a song specifically for the movie, which was Back in Time, which is great too. So it kind of works out. I would argue the lesser known of the two songs of the movie. Yeah, like, absolutely. I always forget. That is also a song for me. Yeah, 100%. It is the lesser of the two. But yeah, And then, of course, for the third one, we have my favorite of all the songs that was written for the movie that most people uh, would probably disagree, and that is uh, Double Back by ZZ Top, So, who are also in the third movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Power Love ended up certified gold and nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song. So I guess in the end it worked out. You know, which is funny because was it an original song? I mean, it was, but he was already sort of working on it. So there you go. All right, Kevin. <laughs> Listen, man. <laughs> I'm holding on to my seat. You should. You uh, <laughs> you were kind of criticized. I don't have to ask Matt why he picked it. Ari told us, my brain thinks of movies, and I picked that oh. second song. This third one is not from a movie. Um, yeah. I just want to say this before I hit play, which I'm about to do. Kevin, sorry. He's not kidding. This is real. How long, how much of that were you expecting another song to kick in, Kev? <laughs> you know, <laughs> for a half second, it's like, uh, Matt, you rickrolled us. That's not cool. <laughs> Yeah. He, he didn't. He didn't. It wasn't the plan. I genuinely was like, this is a great love song. It really is. <laughs> he uh, he picked Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley, 1987. Yes, Matt was being for real. This was not a joke. Like I said, this song was written and produced by um, Stock Eitken Waterman. 
That's that's interesting the name. name, but all right. Say that three times fast. Uh, it was released as the first single from. No, Astley's go ahead, Jay. I think that was a challenge. Stock Eidman Waterman. Stock Eidman Waterman. Stock. Oh, yeah. I, there's no R's in it. I'm okay. <laughs> 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 it was released as the first single from Astley's debut album. Uh, whenever you need somebody. So the song at the time was a hit. Like it, it was massive. Even oh, yeah, then, it's a great song. yeah, top the charts in 25 countries reached number one in the uh, on the american billboard hot 100 chart it was pretty big so i of course what most of us know about rick rolling at this point in life i have a couple of questions for you guys when it comes to rick rolling um first i guess we'll explain to the few who don't know what rick rolling is what rick rolling is uh, became a thing where you would think you were clicking on something for, I don't know, a new movie trailer or whatever. Like, oh, Metallica's new album came and out. Here's the, instead, the sneak preview of the song. And, it would cut to a clip of yeah. Rick Astley dancing and never going to give you up. Do you guys remember when Rick Rolling started? Around what year? Oh, I, I looked this say, up. What, 2012 or something like that? I looked it up because oh, I, I was feel curious. It was earlier than that. Yeah, it was like 2005 maybe? Ooh, 2007. Oh, okay. uh, the trend of rickrolling began. Do you guys know where it began? No. no. 4chan. It started on 4chan. Oh, really? Rickrolling started on 4chan. It was a thing they did. People glommed onto it and started sticking it like on memes, and uh, people would click links and things like that. Um, no. So when asked about rickrolling, here's what Rick Astley had to say. <laughs> You know I want to. Thanks for the royalties. I, I want it. Well, that's we'll get to that. So I want to do like a Rick Ashley. Oh, I don't know what he really said. I think it's just one of those odd things. Yeah. <laughs> well, something gets picked up and people run with it. That's <laughs> that's what he told. That's what he told uh, Los Angeles Times in it's late March like that, yeah. 2008. And then he had to say, "That's what's brilliant about the internet." <laughs> and then he said I did not see much money from YouTube that's true oh, that sucks yeah so he that's said that's gotta he, be one of the most played videos of yep. all time now because he, of that he has said like I didn't I don't really I don't see any royalties from oh. YouTube and all those videos being played but it has Get that money Rick Astley but yeah. he does speculate he's not upset about it because he kind of speculates but it probably has increased sales of my song and oh, I, yeah, I do did. see that. Mm -hmm. So he actually seems to really enjoy the Rick rolling portion of things and he's uh he rolls with it. <laughs> he Rick rolls with it. <laughs> he Rick rolls with it. And and as I sent you guys that clip of him at uh Glastonbury, uh everybody go ahead and look that up. He he performed Never Gonna Give You Up yep. and got the entire security staff to do a choreographed dance Which in front of the stage. Fantastic. Just we, bringing like enjoyment. Hey, to by the way, there. open invite, Rick. We would. I've I've Absolutely. searched. I've searched for awesome. contact. If I can get a hold of him, I'm going to try to get him on the show because the thing if about it out is, there is, hears this and and knows how to get a hold of him. Uh, send us a message, and we will definitely he, reach out to him. He seems cool as hell. Yeah, like yeah. I love like the dude. dude. Yes, he just seems like a lot of fun, and like mm. he's he's in on the joke, but he's also not a joke. Like he gets yeah. the the joke, and he's he's cool with that. But it's also it's not like that joke has made him a joke. That joke has only made him more popular. I think that's yeah. pretty right. great. So. And uh, side note, there's an amazing version of him doing Everlong by the Foo Fighters. Oh, that's just, cool. Yeah, you should oh, check that out. It's that's really cool. Good. I bet he does a really good job on that. Actually, yeah, it was a uh, it was like a quarantine. 
like so you know, recorded from his house and Foo Fighters have done never gonna give you up. Don't you mean him Foo on stage Fighters? Foo Fighters. Ow. <laughs> Foo Fighters. Here we go. Yeah, there's a lot of tangents. Foo have fighters. you heard Dave Grohl talk about that? Yes, no. it is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so Dave Grohl basically says they were on Saturday Night Live together and mm. Dave Grohl's like, I freaking love Christopher Walken, like and I'm so excited that he's gonna be hosting the show. He's like, and Christopher Walken comes up to me and he asks the question and I'm like, Oh God, I love it. He's like, Christopher Walken comes up and he's like, I'm curious, which word do I put the emphasis on? <laughs> he goes, So I looked at him and said, uh, the emphasis is actually on Finder. He goes, because I knew what would happen. This is on, I think, Graham Norton that he, I'm watching this interview. He goes, because yeah. I knew what would happen, and then he gets up and he does it. And then they play the clip of him going, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Foo Fighters. <laughs> it's like the best <laughs> thing ever. Uh, so I actually want to ask Kevin. I don't even care what Matt has to say. I want to know what Kevin <laughs> thinks of Matt's list. <laughs> um, I think it's amazing, just for the record, but... Uh, there are good songs, don't get me wrong, uh, but I, uh, personally, I consider more poppy than love songs. I do, too, except for Glory of Love. Yeah. Glory uh, of yeah. Love was one I kind of wish I would have thought of for my list. <laughs> there, was, there was no speculation that, or uh, there was no requirement that it had to be like a slow jam. No, there wasn't. Song. There were no requirements. Yeah, yeah. I, did, I yeah. didn't attack you or not, or tell no, you I gotta, had to pick different songs. I this. I left them on. Criticism. I left them on. Uh, they just okay. weren't where our brains were going. I think. Um, yeah. So, well, so our brains work differently. Yeah, and that's you're also a little younger, so that <laughs> yeah. might play yeah. part into why you like the three I'm about to play are <laughs> well. One of them isn't, but the other two are very. When I say these are eighties, I mean like this shit's eighties. <laughs> like you ain't yeah. getting them. You ain't getting away with these in, it, you know. in any other uh, decade, I don't think. But uh, I, you know, like I said, you gave Glory of Love, and that that's a that's a real like it, that's fair. I I wish I would have thought of it because that was a good choice. Yeah, it's a really thank good you, choice. Not that the other two songs are bad because they're not. They're great. Uh, but we're gonna go into my list. The first one is the the most un eighties on my list of three. Uh, but it's I mean, dudes, seriously, I mean it's it's right there in the title. Oh my god! Oh, okay. Talk about kicking yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's love song by The Cure. It. It kind of just hit me like I, I actually thought so. It was between this and just like or just like heaven, and I yeah. actually prefer just like heaven. But I think if you, I mean, we're talking about '80s love songs. This is called love songs, so yeah. it's literally in the name. Uh, Releases the third single from their eighth studio album, "Disintegration" from 1989. One song of the best did albums ever. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, the song did really well in the United States, re- reaching the number two spot on the Billboard Hot 100 and becoming the band's only top ten entry. So of the song, Robert Smith said, I'm not going to try to do Robert Smith, <laughs> just so we're clear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he said, it's an open show of emotion. Uh, I'm not trying to be clever. It's taken me ten years to reach the point where I feel comfortable singing a very straightforward love song. It was a toss-up for me, but oh, this is my notes. <laughs> I, did, I forgot the end quotes, so it doesn't make any sense. It wasn't, it wasn't a toss-up for Robert. He knew what he was doing, uh, but I, I do respect what he kind of has to say about. It. Just like he said, it's it's straightforward. It's it's a very cure song, but the lyrics are very straightforward. There's no like 
hey, I love you. This is why I love you. And that's, I, I don't know. I always appreciate it, appreciated it for that, Matt. Yeah. Uh, like it's I a said, great song. I had to go with it, man. It's right there in the in the title of the song. So I was like, hey, I'm talking 80s and love song. There's a love song by The Cure. So yeah. Now also, uh, covered by one of your wife's favorite bands, 311. Well, oddly enough, because yes, and uh, the Cure is also one of her favorite bands, so it kind of works out either way for her. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, she loves the Cure too. So, yeah. uh, now I'm about to. We're about to go '80s, guys. Like, I mean, you're gonna, well, I'm, you're gonna have the '80s dripping all over you. You're gonna feel so '80s yeah. by the time we're it's done. Gonna feel icky with how much. Yeah, it's gonna feel yeah. like a jerry curl that I can't no, rinse out of my good. hair. It's good. Yeah. Gonna have to plastic the couch up before he said. Oh, and I guess we should probably state, you know, obviously we've trimmed it down. We're trying to pick three songs, and that makes it even more difficult. I had a list of yeah. about ten songs, and it's like, okay, I'll whittle it down and figure out. Yeah, I whittled mine down. I will say but, that uh, a, the listeners, you yeah. definitely came with it. Yeah, so and a couple of, for the next episode. Thank you, a couple of you listeners yeah. actually picked songs that I was like, I really want this on my list, but not. And then you got them. I'm like, oh yeah, we still get to talk about them, which yeah. always makes me happy. So here you go, though. Here's some eighties. Yeah, that's so some sheriff. That this was from again? <laughs> <laughs> this is 1982, my friend. This is when I'm with you by sheriff. Uh, sheriff don't like it, but Jason does. This one is weird for a couple of reasons, um, and we're gonna get into those uh, in here in a second when I read my notes. So the song was released in January of 1983 in Canada as the second single from their self-titled debut album. It became a top ten hit in Canada in 1983, right? And it did okay that year in the United States. It did all right. It just wasn't, you know, nothing to really write home about. So let's jump six years into the future to 1989. Or, yeah, yeah. So 1980, this gets confusing. I was going to say. No, from 1983, it does okay. We jump to six years in the future, 1989, and that's four years, 1985, after the band has split up. Okay. And for some reason, I don't know why, can't explain it, but the song hits number one in the U.S. Six years after its release and four years after the band breaks up, the song lands number one on the charts in the U.S. I I don't know. I tried to find a reason. I'm sure there's something out there, but I couldn't figure it out. Here's the only thing, though. This song, because it wasn't really a big hit, never had a music video on MTV. (laughs) So it's one of a handful of number one hits that never had a music video. Uh, this song is pretty much a weird anomaly. It doesn't really make sense how it ended up on the charts or like it's just weird. So Sheriff's keyboardist Arnold Lanny wrote the song after meeting a woman named Valerie Brown. Here's what he had to say about the sound. He said, the song. He said, I sat down, put my coffee on the piano, tinkled some ivories, and four minutes later, 80% of the song was written. On Valentine's Day, I played the song for Valerie and said, I don't have anything. This is all I can give you right now, and it's yours. Valerie loved the song, and two years later, she married me. Oh. Um, Lonnie That's played, actually really sweet. It is pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, it was. It yeah. is pretty cool. Um, Lonnie played the song for the boys. In the, well, but, I mean, if you're in a f- fucking famous band and you go up to a girl and you're like, I wrote a song for you. I mean, dude. <laughs> you yeah. Know, yeah right. I mean, you don't get much smoother than that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. 
Um, he played the song for the boys in the band as well, and the band really liked it, so we started playing it live. That was one of the last songs we recorded when we did the record. The producer said, is there anything else? And I said, there's this song we play. It's kind of a wimpy song. So we played it for him, and he said, yeah, that's yeah, kind of nice. it's kind of a wimpy song, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a great <laughs> right. 80s love song. Uh, but the story of how it came about is just kind of weird, and uh, I thought I've always found the song interesting. So, uh, Kevin, what do you think of this song? Yeah, pretty nice. You know, I, yeah. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Very hey, Matt, good. what do you very good? What do you very think good. of this song, Matt? Uh, yeah. I, Did you just rickroll me with the song you were talking uh, about? Is that what you just yeah, did? I think so. I think you kind of did. Nice, that was good. <laughs> but the song just played. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just hold that note there, bud. <laughs> Listen, is this legitimate or did you no, edit that? That's legit. That's that's the real note. At Wait, the end what of the song? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for the record, I don't think I've ever heard this song. Really, you never? Yeah, it's not. It's not really ringing a bell, but oh man, man it, it rang a it rang a note there. God, <laughs> it's a great song, man. That's impressive. Yeah, that's the that's how the that's... song ends. That's the end note. Yeah, did you catch yeah, it? Yeah, and then the radio stations just faded. No, I don't. I don't think probably. he caught it here. <laughs> oh, make sure. Yeah. Somewhere there's a dog. Like God, my ears hurt. made that sound the last time I stubbed my toe. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I sensing a TikTok now? Just a video of Kevin walking <laughs> through his <laughs> coffee table. I, okay. His toe. I challenge either one of you to hit that note. Not the length, <laughs> just the height. Uh, that's yeah, what she's yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I sounded, that it. was perfect for the beginning. <laughs> Yeah, those yeah, were both really good for the for the beginning of. Uh, I'm not sure if I can even hold that note. On <laughs> hold on, do that again. Do that again. Do that again. <laughs> He's gonna do it on the slide whistle. Stop. Uh, let's, okay. With my oh, feet nice. in the air and the head on. That was the beginning of Where Is My Mind. That was perfect. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was really great. good. Um, <laughs> all right, I have one more song. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, you guys ready for my my last song? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not it. This is my last song. <laughs> when I see you smile, I can face the world. Oh, you know I can do anything. Yeah. This is When I See You Smile by Bad English. Kevin, this song was written by Diane Warren. Yes, the same Diane Warren who wrote, (gasps) Rhythm of the Night for DeBars, Turn Back Time for Cher, Because You Loved Me by Celine Dion, Bed of Nails for Alice Cooper, Blame It on the Rain by Millie Vanilli. She wrote for Justin Bieber, Leanne Rimes, Patti LaBelle, Roy Orbison, Whitney Houston, Chicago, Aerosmith, Hart, and like a zillion other other bands and she wrote this song too 
you know, when you said her name, the first thing that came to mind was the Warrens, you know, that ghost hunting couple. That's kind of what I was <laughs> yeah. thinking, too. I was like, really? From yeah. The Conjuring? Okay. Uh, <laughs> nope. Diane Warren, she was a very prolific songwriter. Has Does she had have a creepy doll in her house? Probably a few. Yeah. She is a Raggedy Ann doll in a case. She mm-hmm. has written some of, like, the biggest bands. I always I had a hard time, though, when I got to wrote for Millie Vanilli. I'm like, oh, or was it another band? Um, yeah. Oh, <laughs> we need you to write a song for Millie Vanilli. Here you go. Ha ha. We're giving it to a different band. <laughs> Our CNC Music Factory. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna make you sweat. They did they that too, bleed. huh? Well, the Cover Girls did it, but they didn't know they were doing it, and that was kind of wrong. You know, they they recorded "It's Raining Men" and then they saw the video, and it was like two other girls mouthing to their song. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't oh, yeah. oh, god! Oh, yeah. They yeah. then released uh, their own that- version. Yeah, you know, guys, this sounds like a, a new uh, topic for our episode. We've talked about it, yeah. yeah, like controversies and stuff like that, and music, and yeah. So the Cover Girls were they're bigger women, and so I guess when the, the execs, some being, would say Rubenesque, yeah, yeah, and the execs being the geniuses they were, figured we will just put two thin women in here and let them mouth the song. They have since uh there was some legal stuff and they I know they had their own video and it still was a hit so that's what we're saying people back off yeah this song was written yeah. by Diane Warren though uh it was released in September of 1989 as the second single from Bad English's self-titled debut album which also came out in 1989 hit number 1 in the United States and Canada it was their most famous song by far and it's a wonderful love song. That's why I added it, uh, because I like it. <laughs> it's also one of uh, two songs off the album that the band themselves did not actually write. So they're, uh, they had, I think, 15 tracks off this album, and 13 of them were written by the band, and two weren't, and this was one of them. It's one of the only songs off that album that somebody else wrote, and it was their biggest hit by far. So, Matt, did you know this song? Yeah, I actually did. Never gonna yeah, I'm not going to apologize for never going to give you up. I'm well, not. you understand that you put you know never going to give you up on there. Because so, I'm never going to give you up. Yeah, and then I was like, well, if you're going to rickroll me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, good. not my intention. I However, know. it did work. Yeah, so. it was pretty good. No, yeah. seriously, though, you do know this song, though. Yeah, I you, do. You didn't know When I'm With You by Sheriff, but you have I did not. When I See You Smile no. by... But it's going to be stuck in my head for the rest of the day now. (laughs) (laughs) I would say this song's going to stick with. (laughs) Is this just a new drop for the show now? (laughs) I can't promise it won't. It's got to be the outro to every episode. (laughs) Um, It's still going. Yeah, it's like he holds that note for like. Like and you know, you know when he's performing it, he's looking at his watch, just like, <laughs> "Yeah, bitch, look what I can do." Right. <laughs> at the end, he just falls over on stage. Yeah. Uh, so for me, though, my list was kind of like so. Love song ended up on there. Uh, I I won't tell you two of the songs that came really close because the listeners happened to mention. And I mean, when I say really close, one of them I had the show notes. It was in my show notes, ready to go. I had them all written, and then I was like, mm, "It just doesn't." I want. I kind of really want love song in there, so I put it. Was it, it another aside. Cure song you're talking about? It wasn't. No. Oh, okay. No, it wasn't. And uh, I pushed it aside, and I was like, "Well, we'll do another episode down the road, and I'll I'll add it in." Which, by the way, we still will. But like I said, 
we put the call out for you listeners and like it was across Facebook and Twitter and uh, other social media, it was kind of massive. So I, I just reached out to the guys. I'm like, look, man, they, they gave us a bunch here and yeah. here's the best part. Like they were saying songs. I'm like, Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's a good. And I was like, let's just put together another episode. So we did. We, we put together another one. So that's what'll be coming up. Just goes to show you guys, we love your feedback. So hopefully you keep sending it. Cause, uh, you guys have been awesome lately and we really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, Hopefully you liked our lists. Hopefully you agreed with our lists. Uh, and uh, you don't attack Matt too hard for rickrolling you on the show. Because yeah. uh, it's a great I don't song. know why anybody would be mad about hearing one of the greatest songs of all time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Rick Astley, again, please. We're, we're, we're reaching out yeah. because we are never going to give you up. Oh, God. We're never going to let you down. And I might quote this back to him if he's on the show. <laughs> I mean, you probably will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is you. If you guys haven't listened to the Men Without Hats, Ivan Dorish, <laughs> you need to. I think we've talked about this, but Matt starts quoting lyrics of his own song to the man. And uh, mm-hmm. I think he appreciated it. I think my whole thing is I told Matt, like, there's this internal struggle because I am both horrified and fascinated part of me wants it to stop when he does these things and part of me's like no i really want to see where this goes, where this goes. Yeah. <laughs> and it was kind and of that's how comedic genius he's is not comedic. wrong that's kind yeah. of how where it comes from so yeah. uh so there was our 80s love songs volume one obviously we're gonna do yours and there will be a volume two down the road uh you guys are always welcome to leave feedback you heard the social media stuff earlier please go check some of those things out and drop us a line uh, we, we've been getting a few, uh, responses here and there, which is always really cool. Uh, little things, uh, but Hey guys, we don't get a lot of voicemail, but you, you're welcome to leave us one. That would, that would be pretty cool too. We've given you the voicemail line. If you guys start leaving voicemails, we, we play them on the, maybe that's the problem. You're like, I don't want you to play my shit on the show. If you tell us not to, we, we will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we'll tell you, we won't know if you don't want us to play it on the show, we won't play it on the show, but, uh. Feel free to leave us voicemail, too. We would love that. And uh, if you want to sing us some karaoke, that would be awesome. Like yeah, if you want to sing that song by Sheriff. Uh, what song is it? By Sheriff? Yeah. Oh, this one? Baby. Yeah. want to call in and... and uh, <laughs> yeah, if you could hold that note. Yeah. You know, just Which note? Do that on this the voicemail. Yeah, yep. <laughs> do you genuinely just, like, have different clips of that song right now? Yes. Is that what it is? Oh, okay. <laughs> It's like you know exactly in the song where to go. No, <laughs> this is uh, the song is "When I'm With You" by Sheriff. If you can hit that note, we gotta talk. Oh, dude. This yeah. this this note pisses me Impressive. off, and so does Mister Big because I can't hit that note at the end of that song either. And I'll be singing away like "Baby," and I'm like, "When I'm with you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And and uh, Mr. Big does the same thing, and uh, I'm the one who wants to. Does the same shit at the end of that song. It's always made me mad. Uh, that's a 90s song, though. Actually, I can't remember. I think that's 1990, like, right? I think we've talked about hmm. that song on the show before. So, so there you go. Uh, I think that's what we got for you on this episode. We've got a ton of really cool stuff coming up down the road. Obviously, you guys seem to like the 80s country episode. Well, guess what? We're going to be giving you a 90s country episode here in a couple of weeks, so hold on to your butts for that one. Yeah, 
That's going to be interesting. <laughs> we already have I'm our... very excited to record that one. Yeah, I think Stewie D's going to... Stewie D won't admit... Well, he will admit it, but he doesn't like to admit that he was a... Uh, listened to a lot of 90s country because of mm-hmm. people he hung around with, but he actually doesn't like country, so he gave us his list too, and I think he's going to join us on the show for that one. His list is actually really good. Uh, I won't lie, he picked a few really good choices. But I think on that episode, we all have really good picks. Like It's like... We have done a really good job of encompassing 90s country in our list. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. And then we already got, like, listeners starting to give feedback on that, too. We'll put that call out. (laughs) We'll hear what you guys have to say about that. Uh, Please visit us online. Check out all our social medias. Like I said, we uh, love to hear from you. And uh, that's all I got. Guys, do you have anything to add before we close this one down? No, oh, good. Uh, it was good seeing you at Crypticon. If I saw you at Crypticon, yeah. yeah. So I'm I, I'm excited about Matt and I've been talking about some things that might befall mm-hmm. us next year. So yeah. um, that would be at Crypticon, I guess. Would that be Crypticon next year? Yeah. So if you guys, it's, uh, uh, it's what we're hoping for. You yeah. guys have around about it's a year to start planning. Maybe you can come out to Crypticon next year and hopefully get to meet a few of us. So yeah, uh, be looking into that. You got a year. Start planning now. Yeah, get ready. All right, guys. I think that's all we got. We're about to go out on some uh, music that our main man, Skiznot, has composed us a little outro song. Yeah. Side note, I have not listened to it because I wanted to hear it on the show. We greatly appreciate that, Mr. Skiznot. So thank you for all that you do for the show. He also is one of our contributors to the uh, Tapeworm episode you guys are going to be hearing. So that's it, guys. So, and remember, like I say every week, uh, as I'm having my mini stroke right now, which, uh, you know, because can't fucking think of He doesn't words. have that on the soundboard because he's got like yeah. three different files from. I do. Oh, he does. Okay. Stop! You made it very far into the episode, though. So I'll give you credit. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> hey, guys. Remember to always say awesome. How the fuck did we land at that time? I don't know. (laughs) There are times that you feel like your head is a big old bucket filled with fuzzy dreams because you wish you were a muppet but you can't play the music and you can't light the lights it's all you can do just to make it through any more of these lonely nights. So you grab your bed of mixed tea and you pop it in the slot and you scream two words along with all the nerves. Cause right now it's all you've got. Curled up like a possum 
Okay.